0: I'm not superstitious, but I'm, I am a little stitious. Welcome to Black Irish Podcast. All new Black Irish podcast with myself, Brendan McCorkle. Mike Crawford could not be with us today. He's currently wiping the sand out of his vagina from being such a wiener. Uh, this guy's just avoiding me like the plague. He keeps losing on all fronts, so he can't be here because he's got to get his head in order. Uh, I get it, though. I get it. That being said, woo! Look out, man, until the wheels fall off, right? Uh, we're going to take it all the way down today, because that's how I do it, and Mike's not here to be a regulator in any way, so here we go, man. Uh, I will say superstitious, I do believe, I, I think it's stupid, but Mike may need to start being superstitious if he's not, if he keeps on his current winning streak, or losing streak for that matter, um, I don't know, I'm silly about superstition. Like, I convince myself I'm not superstitious, but then I'll do superstitious things. Like, if I bang my foot, like, if I don't pick my foot up enough when I'm walking and I, like, scrape my toe, I'll have to hit the other shoe, like, in the same way. And here's how bad it is. Like, that's not even a superstition thing. That's just, like, a making it even thing. If it doesn't feel even, I redo it with both feet. I bump into things on purpose. To make myself feel better. That's the kind of psychopath you're with today. But yeah, no, I do superstitious things. I used to do them more often than not. Uh, just because I always thought I had the worst luck ever. It just turns out, you know, when you put yourself in not great situations, life's not going to be kind to you. Sometimes it's just, you know, like for me, it just, I always felt like, man, why is all this crappy stuff happening to me? It's like, it's it wasn't happening to me. There's just a lot of stuff around me that wasn't great, and everybody was dealing with their own shit. So I had to deal with mine too. Um, It's just weird when you're a kid, though. So, that being said, I just always felt like I had bad luck. So I became really superstitious. Like, not like it was, (laughs) like I tricked myself into it, and it became a bad thing. Like, not, I think being superstitious is fun, I think it's silly. And I think, like, anything else that's fun and silly, it should be enjoyed from time to time. However, with me, especially as a kid, it got to be like, like, if I would tie my shoes a certain way. Like, okay, yesterday I tied them this way and it was a bad day. Tie them a different way today. Maybe that'll be different. And I would just go through, like, clothing was really big for me. It was funny because I always had crappy clothes growing up. Not crappy, but it was a lot of hand-me-downs and... Um, you know, like, a few put-together outfits. But that being said, it was just like, I didn't, it wasn't that big of a deal. Once you get over, you know, other kids being wieners about it, then it's like, oh, okay, it's just clothes. But, like, the superstition thing became a part of it because I was like, okay, if I start, like, I would start at my shoes. And then if that didn't work, then I would wear, like, I would wear the same pants, couple days in a row mind you they might be purple jeans it's pretty famous for wearing like teal jeans and purple jeans that's what happened when when the kid across the street from you is two years older and mexican yeah go with what you know but if i had a good day i'd wear them back to back or like save them not wash them like oh those were that was a good day save those but it was Wild, because the combinations that you can go through, you know, if you got five outfits as a kid and, you know, a pair of shoes, that's every day you could be like, those are the bad socks, you know. <laughs> so I went through everything. Uh, so that's kind of where it started, I think. And then just from there, it's just like anything else, you know, with sports, it's like, you know, put your, I was in Little League, baseball, rally cats were a big thing in Little League. You know, fun superstition. That was fun superstition. That was silly superstition. Rally caps. Tell me there's nothing more fun than being at a baseball game and you see, you know, a playoff game and you're in Cincinnati. Who cares? And it's a team that's been against the odds all year and they made it to the playoffs and there's two outs in the bottom of the ninth or it's just the ninth inning and they're down by a run. And you got... 10,000 adults and children all wearing their hats inside out and backwards and facing straight up. It's fantastic. That's silly superstition. That's fun stuff, man. I love for. I take being silly very seriously. I don't know if you know that about me yet. If you don't, you will. But I, like, so superstition can be cool. It can be fun, you know? It's like if if the team scores, where were you sitting, what were you doing? I used to have a <laughs> crazy, it was more of just an alcoholic thing, but I like to, you know, squeeze every bit out of the orange. Uh, so I there was a thing where Notre Dame's kickers were so terrible for so long, like in the like 2010s range, right around there. They were awful, like legit terrible to where extra points were not a given and so it was I was crossing the streams there it was like okay every time they kick the ball through the uprights whether it be an extra point or a field goal taking a shot you know and sometimes I just would have to go Cavalier go on my own not Cavalier that's the wrong word for that I'd have to go help me find it Brain in people, not rogue. It started with the C. The word I wanted to use. This is what I do all day. This uh, not all day, but this. This is what haunts me. Is my brain won't move to the next thing until I, this thing clicks. I had to be very. I don't know. I just had to get drunk on my own. I couldn't use any excuses, for my team. Um. With that being said, as soon as they started getting good kickers, I was getting smammered. And you know, nothing like getting splatter blasted at eleven thirty AM on a Saturday. Because that was all the great thing about Notre Dame games. They're usually on at like eleven thirty or eleven channel four. Fantastic. Uh, but yeah, that was like superstition and partying while watching football mixed together. So again, like irresponsible fun, silly fun, superstition. I don't know. It all it's all kind of blurry. For a good reason, I think, in that realm. But yeah, so clothing, I'm very, very superstitious when it comes to clothing. Like, what I'm wearing is huge. And I know a lot of it is, like, dress for the job you want, how you look is how you feel, all that bullshit. I don't know. I've just, what I wear is a very particular thing. Like, if I have, like, doing comedy, if I have a good set. While I'm wearing a shirt, I'm like, okay. That's a good... That shirt has the good vibe on it. Even if I wash it, like, I'm not not that weird. Like, I gotta smell okay. I used to not wash shit. Like, jerseys and stuff, but... I'm over that. I'm too old for that stuff. Dry clean only, okay. I'd rather not have to pay for another jersey than have it smell while I'm watching it through the TV. Um... Yeah, I forgot where what the fuck I was talking about. But anyway, yeah, oh, yeah, so if I have, like, a shirt, um, I got some shoes that, you know, I, I like to wear out and stuff. I got different shoes for different things. Like, just finally, for the first time in my life, I'm getting, like, appropriate shoes for different things, and it's kind of weird because I've got, like, a little shoe thing going on. Like, four or five pairs of shoes, which is an abundance for me. It was usually like work shoes, flip flops, and whatever is versatile, some t- sort of sneaker. And then I always have a pair of black chucks. I think I've got like four pairs of those. I still have the ones from my wedding. Um, still wearing them from time to time. That's what I gave all my groomsmen for their bachelor gifts. I gave them all pairs of black chucks that they wore to the ceremony and reception. It was pretty rad. Um, but yeah, so I'm starting to get back into fashion a little bit, which is nice because I haven't n- had the need for a wardrobe in some time. It's like my, my job always dictated what I wore. It's like if I'm working all the time, whether it, in construction, it was like you wear this uniform or you wear, you know, whatever you're willing to get dirty. It's like, okay. And boots, steel toed boots, wore steel toed boots for almost 20 years. Um, And jeans, always jeans. And then just whatever, shirt. And then similar for like all the events I would do, or even when I started working in the office and stuff like that. Upgraded to fucking whatever status, not breaking your back. Um, you know, that was still a uniform in and of itself. It's collared, button-down shirt, slacks, dress shoes, you know. And then so my casual wear is just like, I still have pairs of shorts that are a decade old. That, like, I wore on my honeymoon. Or bought for my honeymoon. Like, okay, time to get new clothes. So, I'm kind of excited to get back into buying clothes, like... Getting my style back. Because I used to have a style. It wasn't much. Like, it was Puma and Volcom. And now Puma's coming back, baby. Or they've been back for a while. So, now I get to wear some Puma gear again. But I used to wear, like, the shirt, Pfizer, Like, everything. But, and Volcom. I used to wear everything Volcom because, uh... I'm skinny again, thank goodness. It's been a lot of hard work, though, I'll tell you what. Um... I used to be skinny naturally. It was wonderful, wonderful, wonderful genetics. And the thing about Volcom back in the day, which I don't know anymore because you know I'm 20 years past wearing Volcom, um, their sizes when they went from small, medium, large, extra large, they got slightly wider but just longer. So I used to love their shirts because I'm a tall guy that was slim. So I needed my XLs to not be, you know, Fat Joe style. I needed them to just be, you know, skinny jeans from my top side, from my torso. That's a better way to say that. Um, And so it wasn't like gym tight. It was like, you know, casual tight. So that was my brand for a while. I just always bought Volcom shit. Uh so much so that I put a sticker on the back of my car and then people started asking questions. So I just, you know, as you do lie to people's faces, especially strangers, I just started telling people I was a Volca model. Didn't make sense. Did not make sense. But people were like, okay. Half the time they believed me, half the time they didn't. Because I was like, why would I have all this shit? I'm poor. What they didn't realize was I was doing the good old-fashioned Young Game Grind, and basically all the money I made, I would buy, like, one pair of jeans that week. That was $100. That was everything I had, less gas and food money for the week. And the next week it was like, okay, I could buy two shirts, 50 bucks a piece. There's my $100 for the week, plus food, gas. So I did that for a while. I know I've said this before on here, I think. But I also convinced uh, people I was training to be an astronaut at a wedding once. It was long story short, since it's already been told. uh, We went to a wedding, my wife goes upstairs. She's not feeling great. I hang out downstairs by myself at a wedding that was like her friends. So I'm just at the hotel bar, chilling, talking to people I don't know. And I get bored. So I make things up. Part of why I'm doing what I do now. Okay, but not here, i tell you the truth here. But out there, I still tell the truth. I just gotta sugarcoat it with a bunch of lies. You know what I mean? It's fun stuff. But anyway, so convince these people I'm in the Air Force, pilot, training to be an astronaut, going to Cape Canaveral soon, whatever that is. I don't even know, Texas, Florida, probably something. Your water, it's a cape, of some kind. Uh, yeah, and just I ended up spending more money on booze than they did, because everybody that bought me two free drinks, I ended up buying them around at the end, and that adds up when there's a whole wedding that you just met. But I digress. My uh, my clothes are big, superstition wise, and including my shoes. Like I said, my shoes are a big thing for me, and. That's why, like, I'm one of those people where I'm I'm willing to not get something if it's not what I want. Like, if it's kind of what I want, I'll just be like, no, no thanks. Not for me. Because when I'm getting what I want, I want to get exactly what I want. And it's got to have my own little stank flavor on it. I'm just, I'm a pain in the ass like that. Not even that I can do it better. It's just got to be different. I just can't... Which is funny, because I love puzzles, and and that's an exact thing. So is math. And I'm a math enthusiast, not a mathematician by any means. And all that stuff is exact, put together, whatever. So it's interesting. But i got to change all the stuff that's supposed to be the same. I don't know. But, I mean, it's one of those things where I got, you know, I got superstitious shoes, I guess. And it's like I got these nice pair of Pumas. Fresh as fuck. These Pumas. I love these shoes. Nice high tops, casual shoes. And, you know, the uh, the glorified life of a open-mind comic, um, they got thrown up on. They got puked on. Like a week ago. And, you know, it's... People think it's this glamorous life of going out, telling jokes, hanging out with your buds, which that's all a part of it. That's actually a very important part of it because you got to make sure you're doing it for the right reasons, I think, if you want to be successful anyway. Like in anything else, you can, especially in art form, from my perspective, what I've seen, which is what we're all doing here, um, you can tell the people that are in it, because they love it, and you can tell who is good at it, any form of art, and goes, ooh, maybe I can make some money at this. And then there's other people who are like, I want everything that goes with being good at this. This looks like the easiest one for me. It's like, okay. And those people usually bounce around. They don't usually find their home, which is unfortunate, um, because I think everybody has a home somewhere. And it's not like, you know, everybody can play some instrument, you just have to find which instrument. Nope. No, no, no. Some people need to stay away from everything, including oboes. No. You're tone deaf, sir, ma'am, them. Get off the stage. But I do think that there's something for, like, everybody should have a passion. And I say should because, I'm not going to lie, I didn't have one for a long time. And that sounds scary as shit, considering who I am, where I am in life, who I have in my life. Like, there's just a long time I just didn't have a whole lot of passion for anything. Um, But that being said, I did find comedy. I I never thought it was for me. But I always came back to it. It's my first love. It's my longest love. And it's a different type of relationship. It's not something I'll ever have with any human. And that's what makes it easy for me to fail at it. And to be good at anything, you have to be willing to fail. And the problem is we usually put ourselves in situations where we don't care if we fail. Like unless you're running your own business, what are the stakes really if you try 80% instead of 100? And I'm not saying everybody needs to quit their job and throw their hat in the ring. I'm just saying that there's passion out there, that you can pursue, for yourself, because, I'll tell you what, man, life, as a comic on the come up, (laughs) it's, it's, it's a hustle, it's a grind, man, but I'm always hustling, that's me, I, it, it hurts my brain, to feel like I've got something left that I didn't use, it hurts me. Like, I want to cry thinking about it. Um, you know, it's... It's not even the comedy thing. It's Although that's a big thing, you know. Uh, there's a reason why I picked one of the toughest jobs in one of the toughest industries. Um, and to be quite honest, it's... Depending on how you look at it, it can be one of the best times or worst times to be a starting comic, uh, come, coming up as a start a stand-up. One thing is, you need to learn how to talk. <laughs> but comedy is kind of booming. Everybody needs a laugh after a just shit year after shit year, and there's a lot. And here's the thing: there's a lot of opportunities to make people laugh because people are ready. And I am all about filling that void if i can i'm trying to get better at it you know here i am dick on the table i i will work until i'm proficient at it and then i will work to be better handle foul holla whatever i don't know how long it's going to take and i know it's going to be hard but that's the only way i know how to do things so that being said you know the hustling part is a part of it. It's it's a mentality and it doesn't matter what it is. And for me, it's something that I enjoy, the hustle. At the end of the day, when my body's like, no. When I can't get off the couch, but I'm happy about why I'm tired, that's a huge difference than just being tired. Laziness breeds tired. It, it just does. And I'm not saying there's not times to be lazy. And I'm not saying I'm better than anybody else or I work harder than anybody else. I will say that I do try as hard as I can in everything that I do while I'm being present. The problem is it's hard for me to be present. As you can see, I keep skipping around all this shit. But I mean, you know, find your fucking passion, people. Damn it. That's your job. That's your job on this earth. Find your fucking passion. Pursue it with everything you've got. And love everybody around you that you choose to. It's the most simple and hardest thing in the world. But I encourage you to do it. Because it's worth it. God damn it, it's worth it. Listen man, this, I get to do, and I say that that way on purpose, I get to work my ass off, to hustle, to write, to come up with things, to try and be in good spirits, to try and lift other people up and fight to work on my craft three to five to eight minutes at a time if I'm hustling, if I'm grinding, if I'm driving all over the place, I can maybe get an hour a week. Think of what you really love outside of anybody else's influence and dedicate one hour a week to it. Gardening. Walking. Hosting. Cooking. But like really. Go for it. 100%. For one hour a week. You'd be amazed how happy you'll be looking forward to that hour. You'll be amazed. How good you feel after you get that hour and can't believe how fast it went. Even if you gotta take it three, five, eight minutes at a time. Listen, I got kids. These motherfuckers are 24, 365, 366 every four years. When they're being awesome, I'll take that. That'll fill my hour with my kids. That's one of my passions. If I get an hour of that a week, I'm happy. I got comedy. That makes me happy. That's my church. It's where I spread the truth and joy of this world. And I go there to receive the same from others. You know, with all this hustling, it's tough. Because that kid time, there's school, there's these activities, you got old guys in, you know, three different things, little guys doing his thing, but always has to be at the activities with the older. Then I've got this comedy stuff, I've got this podcast going on, trying to keep this house in order, keep those kids right. And then I have another passion. I have my wife. I try and fill that three, five, eight minutes at a time. And then the next thing you know, I got an hour of that. So if I keep stacking these good hours on top of each other, the next thing you know, I have so much to look forward to. Because every day I only need a couple of minutes of everything. That's one of the many things that doing stand-up has taught me. Is whether it's good or bad, it's just a burst. And you can adjust accordingly. Life is pretty steady. Life is pretty routine. Whether it's a chaotic routine or not, most people are kind of used to their routine. My house was chaos for ages. Still is, but now it's good chaos because that's the kind of energy I need. You know, unfortunately, the LA lifestyle, not for the glitz and glam and all that kind of plastic stuff, getting famous and whatnot. It's the hustle. I need the hustle, man. I need it. But well, you know, that being said, it's still all about keeping your mental and physical health up tip-top, man. I mean, I always knew that mental health was going to be a hurdle for me, so I just kind of avoided it for a long time. I was like, yep, mental health, that's not for me. <laughs> it's always the people that need it the most that you're like, uh, what? Why? What? Listen... Crazy Bones Jones over here, half-naked dancing in the street. You're telling me you're good on psychiatric care? But not even that, just processing your feelings. I'm still trying to learn how to do that. I'm still trying to learn how to have feelings, if I'm being honest. It's just easier to not have them for a long time. But it was it's it wasn't a sad thing, it was a good thing. I'm getting a little too far down the rabbit hole here. But you know, that being said, all this hustle, it's for the love of the game. That's what makes it all worth it, man. It's for the love of the game. Don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to be honest. Don't be afraid to fail because you're honest. I don't know what that means, but I think I read it on a bumper sticker. Oh, anyway, let's move on to other people pursuing their dreams and sports. And Aaron Judge may or may not have 61 home runs at this point uh, for the 2022 season. But I will say, I hope he doesn't do it. Piss off, Aaron Judge. Nobody cares about you. Like, I mean, there's a pocket of people who care about you. You know, you got smart. You saw Michael Strahan in New York, not good. You fixed the gap tooth, good for you. Step in the right direction. But you're more concerned with jacking home runs than being a better baseball player all around. I know some people will be like, oh, he's a big gold to glove. No, no, he plays right field. We're talking about a batting title. We're talking about an era of baseball where baseballs are meant to go out. And, you know, for everybody talking all this mess about steroid era and all these guys, listen, the technology when it comes to bats and how they're able to get it precise To the specifications that are allowed. Which, by the way, was the last time anybody checked anybody's bat. Last time anybody checked anybody's bat was Sammy Sosa's home run. Run. And guess what? They only found out because it splintered and broke into a thousand pieces. They're like, oh, there's nothing inside. When was the last time somebody sawed one of holes or Aaron Judge's bats in half? Just saying. You know, I'll let Aaron Judge have his 61 when Roger Maris doesn't have his asterisk and Barry Bonds is known as the greatest home run hitter of all time. Then Aaron Judge, whack away, son. But until then, I'm just going to keep hoping that the Cardinals... They keep finding a way to make the playoffs on, like, a hot run... Every year now. It's like, what? I thought the Cardinals sucked, and then they're just, like, in the playoffs and, like, have a potential MVP or two on their team. It's like, how? Remember when Matt Holiday was a thing on their team, and you're like, really, Matt Holiday? I think they're just, I'm telling you, they were, like, initial sneakies with the Astros and phones and all these tapping and files sharing and all this stuff. There's a reason Cardinals are good at cheating. They've been around a very long time. Cardinals hanging tough. Oh, piss off, Cardinals. And I want to say, I've I've been saying Subway Series, Mets, Yankees since the beginning of the year. Um, Since the beginning of this MLB season. And I think I'm going to have to make a slight adjustment. Mets-Astros. And that's because, listen, Dodgers fans, sorry Charlie, you guys can't hit good pitching. And you guys are getting fluff right now. At the tail end of the season, the back half that, you know, the last couple weeks nobody really cares Especially the teams you're playing that are not even fighting for playoff positions, all this stuff. It's just like, it's batting practice right now. It's batting practice. And then you guys are going to go face some killers. So the Dodgers, Dodgers hopeful, Dodgers fans. You guys are out. You guys can't get past the Mets. You guys will make it to the championship series, but you guys can't get past the Mets. Braves are going to be a tough out, but I think the Mets prevail. And then the Astros, those sneaky little bastards. That's what happens when you are on a such a grand scale of like their cheating scandal from however long ago now. That's that's how sick I am of hearing about it. However long ago it was, get over it. The Astros had to quietly kind of fade into it and like slowly players from that team or those teams were getting dished off here, there, everywhere. And then now it's like, you know, the grand wizard of them all, Jose Altuve is still there. But they've had to be quiet for so long that nobody realizes that they have the second best record in baseball. They only have four less wins than the Dodgers. So, like, they're monsters. Verlander, everybody forgot he could throw, including me. I thought he was just out banging Kate Upton. Like, why wouldn't you be? Just saying. Anybody ever see that Cat Daddy video? Look up Kate Upton, Cat Daddy. Everybody. I don't even care Just look it up. It's fun to watch. So yeah, Mets-Astros. I think the Mets will figure out a way to lose in epic fashion and then everybody will hate the Astros again. So I'm kind of zagging on that as well. I had the Mets taking it. Well, actually, no. I had the Yankees beating them. Yeah, so the Mets will make it to the series and not do anything, which... Yeah. Yeah. Because if you can't hit in the World Series, then you can't win. But you could pitch yourself into the World Series. You just can't win without hitting. It's one of those things. You don't get in unless you do. Oh, speaking of what I don't get and what I do, NFL. We've been through three weeks of the NFL season, and it feels wild to say. But week four... That's like 22% of the way through the season. Not including playoffs. Is it too early to start getting sad that football is going to go away? It's like when you see a marriage you know is not going to work, but the reception is just... Mwah. I don't know. So that being said, Miami Dolphins 3-0... and The Kings of the AFC East, who would have guessed? They had a lot of people, actually. They kind of had the potential to do it, but I'm still, I'm waiting for them to be the Dolphins. But the problem is they have so many dynamic players. It was always, Tua was always the question. And right now, Tua is like second in passing yards. Crazy. But, outside the Bills, like the defenses he's been playing hasn't been all that great. But, I mean, I'm telling you, they have weapon upon weapon upon weapon there. They have two of the best receivers in football on the same team. And then they have like four running backs who are all number one A, B-ish. That are all fighting for time. So you could just go with a hot hand running back all day in Miami. They're still not a playoff team. Because they offer Ben Don't Break way too early. They're like, we can come back. Yeah, that's not a good mentality to have for a consistently winning team. Um, Jacksonville, also winning. I've actually made... Some decent money on Jacksonville this year because they're always underdogs. Or I think they were favored a couple weeks ago. But, um, yeah, Jacksonville's not as bad as everybody thinks. Which, I think they're still not as good as they are right now. It's only, they're only two and one. But, I mean, I think they'll finish with a... It's hard to say. Jacksonville will probably finish with a slightly sub-500 record. Okay. That was about as close as I could do. That's I can't say they're going to have a winning record. They're Jacksonville. Nobody's scared of Teal. It's a thing. Nobody's scared of the Raiders either. Speaking of Suckfest, the Raiders... Ah, oh, I did it for my brother. I jinxed him because... Just in case, on a fluke, which I should always trust myself, not my cohort, it's missing like a bad wart, Uh, I bet on Carr and Devontae Adams separately to win MVPs just in case something wild happened. I had to hedge my bet. But I'm so glad I'm wrong. It was such a good... Investment. I'm sweating my tits off over here. It's It was such a good investment to have the Raiders suck after all this hype and all this. It's going to be the greatest offense ever in Fresno State Bulldogs. Fresno State sucks for a reason. Okay, you can't have one good player, one mediocre, overhyped player, and then a bunch of confusion. It doesn't work like that. So I'm glad the Raiders suck they're going to be one of those teams that you know they're going to end up like 7 and 10 cuz they'll end up going 7 and 7 but they're going to win all the games they shouldn't and then lose all the games they should win the raiders uh the chargers underperforming super bowl pick mike another reason why mike just doesn't know what he's talking about Another reason why he didn't show up. He doesn't want to get his face rubbed in it. I get it, buddy. I get it. But the Chargers also lost Joey Bosa for the year. So, <laughs> defense just went from pretty good to average at best. Um, And Herbie's have Justin Herbert had his injury report last week that said he fractured... His rib tendons. Excuse me. You and Mike need to both wipe the sand out of your vagina. Stop. Don't put stuff like that on the injury report. Just put like bruised ribs or something. Fractured tendon. Get out of here. It's torn or it's not. Quit being a bitch. Uh Uh-huh. So, also, Cincinnati's underwhelming this year. Um, Usually a sophomore slump. That happens a lot. Especially when you got a young crew that's coming in thinking they're going to take over the world. Um, It rarely happens. Usually it has to be with a set of vets who are just ready for the opportunity. Kind of like the greatest show on turf. Um, They had one person who was... You know, out there gung ho, and everybody else was like, "Okay, this is what we've been waiting for." And then they did their job. Cincinnati, it's like, "Yeah, we're gonna do this every day." And it's like, "Well, honeymoon's over. Now it's time to be married." Okay, the fuck fest is over. That's boring. Now get good at sex. <laughs> so yeah, um, Cincinnati, interesting team. In a fairly weak division. So it's going to be... that The AFC North is just always such a clusterfuck of... Just mud teams. 10 to 13ers. Just like... Eh. Except for Lamar Jackson, of course. He is the shining star of the AFC North early season MVP candidate, along with Tua, Tungavailoa, and Jalen Hurts. So, two out of the three are early surprises there. Um, Yeah, you know who's not in the conversation for that? He's the NFL equivalent of Mike's fantasy prowess. And that would be Joshua, Ballinger, Lippincott, Rosen who was cut by the Cleveland Browns not too long ago can't even be a backup on a team that doesn't have a starter couldn't even make third string he gone practice squad cut and guess what i felt bad i felt bad i felt like i've done this to him since the end of middle to end of last season all the way up until Now, I've kind of been picking on him and making his life exponentially worse. Every time I bring him up, something bad happens to him right after. And so now I'm worried. I started searching for him. I even looked him up on Instagram. And would you know this? He has not posted anything since May of 2020. Yet this man also still has a blue check mark. So, once again, Joshua Ballinger Lippincott Rosen is representing himself as something he is not. He is not an NFL quarterback that deserves a check mark. I don't even know what a blue check mark is. I don't really care. I think it's like an influencer thingy, but I don't know what you need to do to get one, so I don't care. You know, that's like being in the club. 23 at Disneyland like yeah I know it exists I don't care I'm sure I'll care I'm sure it's meaningful to what I'm doing but the symbolism of it I don't care and the symbolism of it is what bothers me about Joshua Mr. Rosen if you could even call him that I don't know what happened to him but I really hope somebody finds out Because the last thing he posted was a picture of him and some lady hugging with a heart. I just want to know if after all he's been through, him sucking for so long, if he also lost his lady. And that's why he hasn't been posting. So I encourage Mark Zuckerberg to go do your due diligence. If you want your check marks to mean something, remove it from Josh Rosen. I'm going to start a petition. No, I'm not. But I encourage somebody to start a petition to have Josh 3 Rosen and his blue check mark removed. You can have them both removed from Instagram. I don't care. Get him out of here. He's a waste of digital space. Speaking of waste of digital space, Mike, listen here, Mike has not paid up his bet, okay? He has not paid up any of his bets, but since he hasn't paid, the only bet he's paid up is changing his name to Dax Dingleberries on my accord, which, since he hasn't shaved his body from the neck down, as previously noted his fantasy football team name will forever be Dak Stingleberry's. And just like Dak Prescott's career, Mike Crawford's fantasy football team will be just hanging on for dear life, hovering around the toilet bowl, always so close to being flushed away So much so, that as a true dingleberry, when the time does come, and you go down the toilet where you rightfully belong, no one will even notice. So, Mike, if that's your real name, when he comes back, if he comes back, I don't know if he's going to be able to show his face. Because here's the thing, Mike and I play each other this week. He had to make up that he was going to a funeral in a different state to get out of facing me on this podcast. He's just going to deal with the aftermath next week. And normally I would be talking this shit to his face, but he's not here. But I got to tell you, I'm on a roll, people. Fantasy football gurus in the house. I'm 9-0. Three different leagues. Three different sets of rules. Three different sets of lineups. Crushing every single one. I cannot wait to tell you the evisceration of Michael Crawford next week. And we will crown him Dax Dingleberries. For all time. Alright, well that's enough of that. I told you it was going to be weird today. I'm hot as balls. Sorry. <sighs> Getting all fucking cold and sweaty. Um. Yeah, my it's not covering as well as I had hoped. Oh well. I'm fucking sweating. It's like 100 degrees still here. Los Angeles coming up on October. Um, uh, but that's alright. It's gimmicky anyway. Look like an old man. I was laying into it. Uh, that being said, I'm watching... I don't know. I'm watching stuff like an old man these days. I can't help it. I've just... I've always kind of been an old soul. I don't even know what that means. I just... It feels good when I say it. Not like I've always been mature or wise, because I'm neither of those things still now. But... More of just like, I'd rather hang out with old people than young people. You know what I mean? Like, chill out, you whippersnapper. Get off my artificial turf. But anyway, so I've been watching stuff like that. I have some comedy homework that I gotta watch uh, for Mad Men only. I don't know if I've said this already, but if not, I really need to do it. Uh, about Del, the stories of Del Close, who is very famous, uh, improvisational comic, very funny. Um, so I'm gonna check that out on Hulu. There are some things that I saw on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Blonde is supposed to be like a dramatic biopic? Like, I don't know that it's supposed to be very accurate, and here's why I'm starting to get on these things like an old man. Because, look, Ana de Armas is playing Marilyn Monroe. You get a beautiful lady to play a beautiful lady. But it's written, and here's the thing, it's written from a feminist perspective. So, while I do enjoy Marilyn Monroe. I enjoy her story. Beautiful, tragic, chaotic. My kind of person. Um, While I enjoy that, this is not like a documentary. This is not And here's, you know, same thing with, like, the Elvis thing. I'm like, is it really, like, a biopic? And it's like, no, it's not. They take one or two hearsay stories. And they write an entire movie around them. You know, like, I want to see the Elvis biopic with all the nasty stuff in there. Talk about what these crazy, creative people who are on the top of the mountain who don't trust anybody except for their family and close people to them, regardless of age, regardless of gender, regardless of relationship. And they think they can have everything, but they also don't trust anybody. Show me that side of Elvis and I'll watch it. Not just a really good actor who can kind of sing. Same thing with this Marilyn Monroe thing. Ana de Armas. Beautiful, beautiful. Feminist perspective. Oh. Okay. Are we going to have a lavender filter on it? Like, I'm all about doing these things from all different perspectives. But the way that they're kind of selling them and portraying them is like, we're going to give you the life story. And it's like, no, you're not. You're going to give me your story about somebody you never met, but you have an infatuation with, specifically a couple of aspects of their life. And now you are going to tell us how to feel about it. It's tough. It's tough. I don't know. So for that reason, I won't be watching Blonde. I won't be watching Elvis. But I will be watching Facing Nolan because Nolan Ryan is one of my favorite pitchers of all time. Been really baseball heavy the last couple weeks. Um Satchel Page and Nolan Ryan. Back to back. Um This is like a documentary uh about Nolan Ryan. And his amazing 27-year career. Uh, I think it was 11 no-hitters. No, 19 no-hitters, 7 perfect games. Something outrageous. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to watching that on Netflix. Facing Nolan is a new documentary about Nolan Ryan. Uh, there's a new see here's here's another thing. Here's a biopic I'm actually interested in because they're not selling it as anything other than Oprah celebrating the life of Sydney Portier. And so Sydney is on Apple TV Plus. I'd probably check that one out just because they're not they're saying here's how we want to celebrate them. Cool. Thank you for being honest and open and not saying this is how it went down. In uh, you know, it's like it's like pop country these biopics. It's like what are you doing? You're taking like a shiny, you know, show that's like for for the masses, and then you're taking like hardcore fan stuff, and then you're trying to mesh them together, and it's just not. I get it. It's a moneymaker, but somebody who's trying to make, you know, legitimate content, it bothers me. It's always kind of bothered me, though. Like, I just, it's not for me, type of a deal. Uh, But that being said, I forgot that I went and saw Bullet Train. Like a week ago, or something. I don't know. It came out. I went and saw it. Slept through an hour of it. It was good. It was good. Action flick. It was one of those movies where I always fall asleep in the movie theater. It's just a thing. When my body's not moving, it goes, Time to shut down, buddy. Um, that being said, I went to a show at like a 8 o'clock showing. And... I made it through the first, like, 35, 40 minutes before I fell asleep. I was like, this is actually pretty damn good. It's an action movie on a train. You're only going to get so much of this. You know, everybody talks crap about it, but everybody loves speed. That was on a bus. Just saying. So, Bullet Train was fun. I enjoyed it. It's good, fun. Flick. Put it on at home when it comes out on a streaming service. You don't need to go to the theater for this thing. But it's fun to watch. Watch it on a Friday night when you have nothing better to do but get stoned and eat Pop-Tarts. There is something out that I do want to see, though. I think I want to see it in the theater. um, But I don't know if I'll be able to pull it off or stay awake for it. But The Woman King, Viola Davis is all jacked. Uh, looks great. I'd love to see it. And I did see something on Netflix to wrap up what I've been watching. And, again, I saw half of it. It wasn't as great as I was hoping, but I watched The Munsters. The Munsters has a movie on Netflix that just came out. And while I'm not a huge fan of this particular reboot of the movie, um... I was a huge fan of the show growing up. I'm old. Err. I'm not I get in trouble because I'm kind of just like at all these weird middly points, like these slightly above average points. It's like decent looking, decent house, decent, like everything's decent. But like nothing's great. Nothing's over the top. Nothing's. I forgot where I was going with this, but there was a point that I'll never make. Um, something about the monsters. I don't fucking know. This is what happens to my brain. But anyway, I love the monsters growing up. And so I would watch some of those shows. So I thought for this week, top, I'm still sweating. That's why I lost my train of thought there. I was like, how much sweat is going to go on this microphone? Um,. Top five throwback shows. So the Munsters being one of them. I love the Munsters growing up. Okay? The reboot didn't do anything for me. Uh, The characters, it's just... It it felt out of place and kind of slow, which is not supposed to be the Munsters. It's supposed to be silly. Hitch over the face with it right off the bat. Um, I was more Munsters than Adam's family. So my top five throwback shows for me... Oh yeah, that's where I was going. Ha ha ha, bastard brain. This is what happens when you're on stage for three or five minutes at a time. You forget what you wanted to say and then you're like, shit, I got to wait another three days to go try that again. And then you mess something else up. Um, and I forgot again. Damn it, Jim. Monsters. Above average. Not great. Pops in your head. Damn it. It'll probably come back again. I don't know. I'm going to keep going. Monsters. And then, um, damn it. I want to talk through it now because now it's bothering me. Again, this is what happens to me. And I can't function until the thing in my brain clicks. Um, shit, man. It's above average, but what? What? Above average, not great. What? Fuck you. I love you, comedy. Damn it. Anyway, Monsters was good. Adam's Family wasn't that great to me. I was just a split. So, Munsters. Um, Fraggle Rock was my jam. On the mornings, like Saturday mornings, Fraggle Rock was good. Uh, my favorite after school show was, well, when I was a child child. Uh, Gilligan's Island there it is okay back to it I told you I find it again I can't say that I'm old because I have friends I do comedy with that are like dude you're not quite 40 you're not old but then I also do comedy with all these people who are like trying it out just out of college and they're like man you're old I don't get that reference. So I'm in between. It's this like... I was born in 84, okay? So don't hurt your brain with the math. But it was like... Gen X... or And Millennials. Or Gen Z and Millennials. Like whatever that crossover is. Like that's right about where I am. Like right as the shift happened. So I'm in no man's land. And it comes through... When I'm trying to explain stuff, that I'm like, oh, do you get this reference? And it's like, it's a little too old for you and uh, a little too young for you. I'm like, son of a bitch. Why does everybody have to be in diapers or Vietnam that I hang out with when I was 12? You know, like, shit. Anyway, so. Oh, thanks, brain. Munsters was a good one. Fraggle Rock was my, like, weekend morning treat, Saturday morning cartoons. I was a Fraggle Rock guy. The Muppet Show, my favorite of all time. That is my favorite show ever made. Ever. That's just it. Um, Gilligan's Island was my favorite after school show. When I was a kid. Getting home from like kindergarten. Whatever. It was always on it. It was on after the monkeys. At like 2.30 or something like that. Uh, Love me some Gilligan's Island. And then. I mean when I got older. It was Saved by the Bell. That was a good one, but I'm talking throwback when I was like younger, like first live action type shows, even though Fraggle Rock and Muppets are puppets. I get it. I don't care. It's my favorite shit. Um, And then Family Matters. Family Matters or the Urkel show, as some of my beloved friends call it. Um, I love Family Matters, man. It was so damn good. Oh, Carl. And then Carl was in Die Hard, and everybody's like, what the fuck is Carl doing in Die Hard? (laughs) So good. So good! Reginald Val Johnson, shout out to you, sir. You helped shape my childhood. As did, you know, honorable mention, TGIF in general. They used to call it Thank God It's Friday, and then realized in the 90s, like, we can't put God and stuff. They're like, okay, TGIF. And then uh, a restaurant stole that. But yeah, TGIF, They it was step-by-step, family matters. Step-by-step was like the new version of Brady Bunch with Suzanne Somers, who did the uh, Thigh Master. Whew. My dad and I almost bought some thigh masters watching Step by Step, you know what I mean? Um, I don't remember what else was on, because those were the two shows that really mattered. Uh, Salute Your Shorts was on Nickelodeon. That was a great one. And Hey Dude sucked. Anybody that likes Hey Dude, you suck too. Your taste is boring. You're a child, you want to watch people ride horses on a ranch? Come on. I mean, having said, I was at the generation of, like, the tail end of Goosebumps. Like, it was just coming out, like, once a month on, like, Fox or something. It was a big deal. Like, Night of the Living Dummy. Say cheese or die. Um, That was another honorable mention. But, anyway, it's been fun being here solo. If you have made it this far, God bless you. It's not easy. Hanging out in my brain, especially for an hour. So, uh, that being said, thank you very much. If you need to get my voice out of your head, do yourselves a favor. And I'm going to go the opposite of what we did last week. Last week, Mike picked the A, he picked a pop A, and uh, I picked a reggae Z. This time, we're going flippity floppity. So, for uh, we're going to do atmosphere and Z for the Spotify playlist of the week. If you need to get my voice out of your ear holes, and do us a favor. Do me a favor first and foremost, because Mike isn't here, so follow him last. But follow me on Instagram. I'm at brendalis 7 Mike is at Black irish 213 We are at blackirishpod. And check out my Instagram for upcoming stand updates. dates. Uh, starting to get booked on some shows. Uh, the one that I care about the most right now is on October 9th at The Good Night. And that is in North Hollywood on Burbank Boulevard. Show starts at 6.30. And it's a donation show. You can literally donate anything for this charity show. And you get a ticket. Donate whatever you want. If you literally are just like, "Mm, a dollar. Okay. Give a dollar. Be there. Hook a brother up. Not me. It's for trees. But uh friends hosting the show a friends producing the show it's a second one um so i'm very very happy to be a part of supporting that so uh check us out each and every week black irish podcast every thursday coming for you and check me out on instagram if you want to see me do stand up anywhere soon and other than that be good to each other be good to yourself find your passion pursue it be unapologetically yourself as long as you're not an asshole I love y'all. Take care of yourselves. Peace.